What is it going to take for the Eagles to get back on the winning track? They've got an angry Washington team coming into Lincoln Financial Field on Sunday, so the challenge is a tough one for Philadelphia, a 5-7 squad that has had a very rough week. Hello everyone, I'm Eagles insider Dave Spadaro, and this is the Eagles Live Podcast, episode 52. We're going to talk about the game against the Redskins, who beat up on the Eagles way back in October, but we're also going to hear from some former Eagles who offer their overviews on the state of a football team that has lost seven of its last nine games. We're also going to check in with a young wide receiver, Paul Turner, who had his first real taste of NFL success last week in Cincinnati. It has been a very difficult stretch for the Eagles, who've gone 2-7 and seven since the 3-0 and start to the 2016 campaign. Head coach Doug Peterson is working every day to keep the team's focus and to improve the performance, starting with quarterback Carson Wentz, the present and future of the franchise. In our exclusive weekly one-on-one with Peterson, we talk about Wentz and his development in these tough times. Doug, let's keep this about Carson Wentz and the growing process that he's going through. Where is he in that growing process? He's growing. This is a marathon business. It's never been about a sprint. You know, we're in it for the long haul, and he's done a lot of great things for us. And we've asked a lot of him, as we've said each week, but there's things that he can do better, obviously. We can coach better with a couple of things and just make sure that he understands everything that we're trying to do from personnel in the game to plays to everything that this game brings. And yet he's right where he needs to be. You know, we got to do better, obviously, in the run game and help him out there because you never want to throw the ball as many times as we did the other day. Tough day last Sunday in Cincinnati. Three interceptions. Most quarterbacks go through that kind of day. How has he responded to that? You know, he responds fine. He takes it extremely hard. He hates to lose. He's a competitor and that's one thing you love about him and his mentality. And the other thing too is short-term memory in this business. You soon to put it behind you and you get on to the next week's opponent. And again, we got an opportunity against the Redskins. We didn't play so well the first time there and now we get him back up here. So another opportunity for our football team. When you talk about mechanical issues from a layman's standpoint, what are you talking about? Well, you just things like eye discipline if he's on the right reads right progressions could be feet make sure his feet you know his target line we talk about target lines all the time potentially throwing off his back foot balls are sailing a little bit high some of it's mechanical some of it's uh, pressure in the pocket and you know just things we continue to work on and fight through and all in hopes of making this team better that you and frank and flip have all gone through the same things that carson is going through now does that help him it does because we've all been there and obviously frank and i at, at this level and it gives him sort of a leg up and we coach a lot through experience that way bring a a knowledge of this game and we've got to continue to just work through that and fight through it and we know that you know the sky's the limit and he's gonna have a bright future is there a tendency after a game like that to tighten the reins a little bit and be more conservative or do you still really want Carson to be aggressive you still got to have the aggressive mentality but you got to be smart with it that means making good decisions obviously for myself as a play caller and then him as the quarterback with the ultimate you know decision making process so um, we still want to be aggressive but at the same time we do need to tighten up some areas pre-snap penalties are one area that we need to tighten up and make sure that we're doing our jobs and our assignment and you know execution of the plays. Thanks, Coach. Thanks, Dave. The offensive production has been down significantly since right tackle Lane Johnson began his 10-game suspension for violating the NFL's performance-enhancing policy, as the Eagles have scored nearly 10 fewer points per game without him in the lineup. A combination of penalties and dropped passes and missed opportunities have played into the struggles, as I discuss with offensive coordinator Frank Reich here. Frank, we're 12 games into the regular season. How do you evaluate the path this offense has taken? 
you know, it's been a path of inconsistency, which as a coach, you know, you're always trying to avoid. You're all about consistent execution. So there's a lot of good signs. We got a good offensive line. We got a good young quarterback. We just need to be a little bit more consistent. Where we're making progress, I believe, is we're getting better in third down. We're getting better in the red zone. Those are the things we have to build off of. The pre-snap problems continue. How frustrating is that to you? And how do you correct it? You know, it's just a matter of, I think, everybody getting in sync. I know out of practice, coach is fanatical about it. I mean, he stops. If somebody jumps, we stop. We do it over. There's the embarrassment of, I jump. You get to feel that shame for a second. But it's just a matter of just continuing to get the reps at it and working in the noise and staying focused. The first time you played Washington, tough game. They put a lot of pressure on Carson. It was the first game without Lane Johnson. What do you expect from Washington's defense on Sunday? I mean, I would expect they'll come and play the same way, put a lot of pressure on us, put a bunch of good blitz packages together, and they're obviously playing good football right now, so we're looking forward to it. And Carson, coming back for a second time against a team, for a quarterback, what is the challenge there? Well, the challenge is, first of all, to improve, you know, to improve upon the last game. But you get the chance to study the film, see what you did right, see what you did wrong. And then part of it is just, hey, you and I are going out to play a game and you beat me the last time. I want to beat you this time. I'm going to make you pay. You can't ever lose just that sense of competitiveness and that drive of we're not going to let that happen. We're not going to let them come into our building and beat us. So that's kind of the mindset you take in. Thanks, Frank. Okay, Dave. How about the wide receivers? Seems like we've been talking about this position since the early 2000s. But there is no doubt that this group of pass catchers strives to be more productive week to week. In the loss to Cincinnati, there were some bright spots in an otherwise disappointing afternoon. And in this week's press coverage part one, former Eagle Mike Quick gives his latest scouting report on the wide receivers and he answers the question, what is the number one need for this offense moving forward? Mike, we saw the Eagles get a couple of other receivers receivers involved last week, particularly Paul Turner, uh, who made six catches, who Mm -hmm. catches everything. What is Paul Turner's role ultimately going to be in the NFL? I think it'll be what we saw. I think he's a backup receiver and when he has an opportunity, when he gets into the game, he'll catch anything. He doesn't have a huge radius, catch radius, but when it's in his area, Paul Turner's going to catch the ball and he's a guy that can help to move the chains. You don't see him as a slot receiver who can really kind of come in and command that slot? I don't see that right now because I don't see the speed, the quick twitch by Paul Turner that I see in so many good athletes that play the position that you're talking about, that slot receiver. But I think that's an area where he can be utilized. But I think in the concepts that the Eagles use in their passing system, there's a way to use Paul Turner because he's reliable in terms of catching the football. Nelson Aguilar comes back into the lineup and does a good job last week, a good first step. So now what is the next step for him? Same thing. Get him back into the game, get him to football early so that Nelson Aguilar continues to build on what he did last week. And, you know, I talked to you about this last week. It's a, a situation that he needs to learn to play through. And I thought that was a good first step last week. He just needs to continue to build. Nelson Aguilar has the skills to play at a high level at this level in the National Football League. And he just has to get comfortable with doing that. As you look at the big picture, Mike, whether it's this year, next year, the year after, how big a need is it to get a number one kind of receiver here? I think that's paramount. I think it makes a big difference in the way defenses defend you if you have a big threat. If you've got a guy when he lines up, the defense has to be concerned about where he is. And you can take any receiver in the league that are the top receivers. When they line up, defenses has to know. They have to shift their coverages. They have to do things particularly designed to slow him down. When you get that 
that type of wide receiver here, it's going to make a difference and it's going to make it easier for everybody. Just think about the days when Deshaun Jackson was here and when he was hot. It really affected defenses in the way defensive coordinators called defense. Is that the number one need for this offense, Mike? Number one need for this offense is a game-breaking wide receiver in my mind, yes. Thanks, Mike. Find out what it really feels like to play for the Eagles with the all-new Eagles Fantasy Camp held from April 6th through the 8th at Lincoln Financial Field. The weekend includes Eagles legends, team practices and games, behind-the-scenes tours, and much more. Register now at EaglesFantasyCamp.com. In part two of our press coverage, Brian Westbrook talks about what he sees when he watches and studies this football team, one that is in desperate need of a victory. Brian, the Eagles play the Redskins on Sunday, and we're not going to talk about the game specifically, just the state of this football team. Offensive side of the ball, what do you see? I'm seeing a team that's struggling to protect up front, and a quarterback, really, that's struggling in some of his mechanics, in decision-making. If you want to throw a 10-yard out, you need to step and throw in that direction. You can't overstride, you can't overthink it, and you can't throw into double coverage. And so, as a quarterback, he needs to do a better job. He needs to tighten up some of his things first, and that means staring down receivers, throwing into double coverage, blind. You can't do those types of things and be successful in the NFL. Then you have to think somehow we have to establish a run game. That starts up front. That means we have to win in the trenches and that means Wendell Smallwood has to find the holes, open his eyes up a little bit more. Some of those holes he's missing because he's focusing solely on getting to the where the play is designed. He has to open his eyes up just a little bit more and he'll see some of those cutbacks. Are Carson's issues fixable? Absolutely. All of his issues are fixable. It starts with his footwork and it starts with his mechanics and if he fixes those things then now it makes it a lot easier. He's in a better position to be successful throwing the football down the field. He can fix those things. It's going to take some time. On the defensive side of the ball, bigger concern, the front seven or the back four? I think both of them are big concerns, but I think when you start paying guys up front with the front seven, you expect those guys to get home and make an impact on the game. Right now, we're not seeing those guys make an impact on the game, and it's making it much more difficult on the guys in the back. Truthfully, the guys in the back aren't making it easy on the guys in the front either, so it's really a combination of the two, but I expect those guys up front to get home. Right now, they're not doing that. Do you worry that the locker room has not really focused in on the situation here? Well, it's time. This is one of those seasons where it's time for the leaders in this locker room to step up. It's really past time for the leaders to step up. But now, more so than any time, you can't allow this team to quit. You have a young quarterback. You have a young coach. You have a bunch of guys that haven't played together for a long time. Now it's time for the leaders to step up and get this job done. It starts with pride. It starts with effort. It starts with the leaders. You shocked at what's happened from September to now? You know, I think you have a strong start early in September, 3-0. and And I think when you look at the teams that we play, and the deficit in those games and the things that we did right, we're now doing wrong. All those things we changed a little bit. We have to get back to winning football, and right now we're not playing fundamentally well. Thanks, Brian. All right. How about a feel-good story? Paul Turner waited all season for his shot to get some playing time, and he is finally part of the 53-man roster. Last week in Cincinnati, Turner caught six passes for 80 yards, the first production he's had in an NFL regular season game. Turner is naturally looking for more. I'd like to go back to Sunday in Cincinnati and have you tell me, in retrospect, what was the experience like? Oh, it was amazing. Just having the opportunity to go out there and compete against the Bengals out there with my teammates. It was an amazing feeling. First time you catch a football in an NFL regular season game. Did you pause for a moment and just kind of say, hey, that was pretty cool? <laughs> I didn't really have an opportunity to because I think I had to go back in on either not the next play or the play after that. But uh, yeah, after I sat back and looked at it, you know, I thought it was amazing. Just having the opportunity to go out there and catch a pass. I kind of thought it was uh, surreal. Just great opportunity. I didn't expect it coming, but I just knew that when it came, just looked the ball in and just catch it. What did your game look like when you watched it on film? 
you know, I thought it was a lot of little things that I could uh, improve on, uh, little details, you know, focus on uh, making sure I burst in and out of my breaks, make sure I continue to attack the ball, you know, make sure I ran uh, the correct routes. So, I mean, it's just little things that I feel like I have to clean up on personally. Overall, you know, I just got to continue to build from here. So you have the big game on Sunday, and then you've had this week of practice. Are you a different player after having success in a game? <laughs> I mean, no, I'm, I'm the exact same player I was before. You know, I just think the biggest thing is, is just continue to try to build on the little things that'll help improve your game and then that'll help improve the team overall. What do you think the next challenge is for you, Paul? I mean, honestly, it's just... I don't really uh, look at it as like anything as the next challenge. I just look at everything as just taking everything one day at a time and just trying to focus on my assignments each and every week and focus on trying to uh, win a game. When you look at Washington and what they do in the secondary, what do you see? Uh, you know, same thing I saw uh, when we played in the first time. Uh, you know, they're a really good team. They have a really good defense. You know, all we have to do is just come out there and execute our game plan. The coaches are going to put us in the best position to succeed. And all we have to do is just go out there and take care of the little things and come out with a win. What kind of reaction did you get from family and friends after Sunday? I mean, they were excited. Out of all people, my mom, she was the most excited. She had a voicemail. She was screaming. That was uh, expected. They're like my biggest fans, I would say. So, I mean, uh, it was great. It was a great opportunity to hear that from her because it's something I hadn't had since college. So, uh, it was just a good experience. Have they had a chance to see you in a regular season game yet? No, my parents, uh, they haven't come for a game since I've been playing, but they actually came up for the Vikings game uh, a couple weeks back. So well, Get them up here. <laughs> I'm sure they'll come eventually, sooner or later. Thank you. Yeah, thank you. I'm head coach Doug Peterson. Touchdown, Eagles! You're listening to the Eagles Live podcast with Dave Spadaro. So what is Merrill Reese in his 40th season as the voice of the Eagles thinking about this season? He points to the offensive line's lack of continuity as a major reason for the team's slide, as he explains in this week's Merrill Minute. The Eagles are in the Super Bowl! The Eagles are day. It's Groundhog Day! They do it again! The of the end zone. I don't believe this it! This game should be in a museum! Things have certainly spiraled in a downward direction over the last month or so. It's been a good month since the Eagles had that triumph against the Atlanta Falcons at the link. You look at this team and you look at the pieces that it has lost ever since Lane Johnson was suspended. There was a stat the other night on television about the fact that Andrew Luck, who came out of Stanford with all of the talent in the world, has only had a so-so career because he has stood behind 32 different offensive line combinations. Look what has happened to the Eagles since Lane Johnson went out. They tried Halapalavati Vitae just as he was starting to play decent football. He went down. You can't do that too much jockeying around on an offensive line without having a big, big negative effect. Hopefully this week they can bounce back, put it together against the Redskins, and get back on the right track. On to the game now. The Eagles need a win. They're smarting from the 27-20 loss to Washington in Game 5 of the season, so revenge is very much on the Eagles' mind. It won't be easy, as Fran Duffy outlines in this scouting report. Thanks, Dave. When I look at this matchup between the Eagles and the Washington Redskins on Sunday afternoon, it comes down to the money downs. It comes down to third down, which was so big for the Eagles in this past week. The loss against the Cincinnati Bengals on defense, the Eagles just could not get off the field on third and long. Five of the first six scoring drives for the Cincinnati Bengals included a drive where they could not get off the field on third and long, third and seven, third and nine, third and 11, where plays were continued to be made down the field by Andy Dalton and the Cincinnati receivers. The Eagles have got to step it up on third down, the most important down in football. Well, now they've got a huge test because Sunday at the link, you've got Kirk Cousins, Pierre Garçon, Deshaun Jackson, Jameson 
Crowder, that group of tight ends, they are one of the best third down offenses in the NFL. They rank third with a 47.8 conversion percentage on third down. They have so many different variations of formations and play concepts that they try and attack every level of the field, and that's what makes them so dangerous, especially when you factor in the run game. Now, when you look on the other side, this is the same exact thing, because if you look at third down from the Washington Redskins side, they are the worst third down defense in football right now. They are giving up 48% conversion rate on third down as a defensive football team. It is the lowest number in the league. It's absolutely an area where the Eagles will have to try and attack. And this past week against Cincinnati, Carson Wentz and the Eagles offense had one of their best third down outings of the entire season, converting nearly 50% of their third down attempts on Sunday against Cincinnati. They're going to need a repeat effort against this Washington defense. It's really going to come down on both sides of the football to third down on Sunday at Lincoln Financial Field. I'm excited to see how the Eagles respond coming off of last week's loss. And that is it for the Eagles Live Podcast, episode 52. Thanks to Brian Thomas and to Ricky Shu for putting it all together. And thanks to you again for being part of the show every week. Make sure you're with us after Sunday's game against the Redskins as we get an instant reaction from Lincoln Financial Field. I'm Eagles insider Dave Spadaro. Thanks for joining us. Have yourselves a great Eagles day. E-A!